they wanted oh hey Triple H comes up to me hey the, the, the studio wants you in a movie and I was like oh cool um, they're, they're lame as fuck but so it's all set yeah it's uh, 12 rounds too I was supposed to be an EMT and I was like they tried to put me in movies before where I flat out refused they tried to offer me movies when I was trying to resign and it was a condition of oh you can only do this if you resign and I was like your movie sucks why would I resign for this you know um, I'll resign if you can make me Casey Jones in a Ninja, Ninja Turtle movie <laughs> but uh, so I, I agree to do it and then we're going back and forth I'm signing these papers and then Hunter tells me the dates the shooting schedule and then I, I go that's the European tour the next day, it's announced on the internet. Randy Orton starring in 12 rounds, too. 13 rounds? Yeah. So I call up Hunter and I go, you couldn't have called me and told me, you know? And he's like, well, I told you I was going to try to get him to switch the schedule, but they couldn't. So, you know, we just took Randy was the second choice. And I was like, you, don't you think you could have called me? And I didn't have to read it on the internet. This, that, and that's, that's how they are. Episode 34, Fractured Skulls. Terminator Travers, Monoxide. We got, um, you know, when I think of CM Punk, a lot of people think of him as a wrestler. I think of him as a movie star. Do you? I, I do. The next Dwayne Johnson, the next Steve Austin, the next Hulk Hogan. But it was, it was a big weekend for, for a lot of wrestling fans. I know this is a hard podcast, but you know, occasionally we talk about some wrestling. And uh, if you want, don't want to hear about this, well, just go straight to the movie review. I don't know what the time is. But we'll get to the movie. But first, I it was WrestleMania weekend. It was a two-night event in Florida. I did not see the show because I wrestling. My interest in wrestling is on a very down low at the moment. So, but you saw it over the weekend, and uh, it was a two-night event. I'll let I'll let you talk more about it. You can give your quick thoughts. What did you think of WrestleMania 2021? Whatever number uh, it's supposed to be this year. It's 37. This year uh, uh, was better than last year. That's not fair to say because this year had fans. It was funny to see that it got delayed a half hour because of the rain. There was a lot of messiness, such as Mandy Rose slipping on the stage because it rained prior and they weren't able to dry the, the rampway beforehand. Um, I think overall there wasn't a lot of bad. Uh, there was some bad. I love how everyone's like, I was expecting so much out of that fiend Randy Orton match. And where the fuck have you been? Where the fuck have any of you been the last eight years that Bray Wyatt has been on the main roster and how his feuds usually go? They're never satisfying. His only match that was satisfying any degree was his match with John Cena at last year's WrestleMania and even then there are people that will argue with you that that wasn't even a match that being said it was a good show night one had the better night in my opinion but night two had the best match overall it was a good show I would even say it was a an above average WrestleMania would I say it's top 10 nah because obviously it's unfair because this is the first show with fans since last year. <clears throat> and I thought it was quite funny because, like, you can watch some of the audience getting panned on. And, like, some of them have their masks completely off. 
and it's hard for the stadium to go ahead and try and confiscate these 20,000 people that are just basically like, fuck you, when it comes to mass mandates. So, overall, good show. For whatever reason, night two, they decided to make it eat heavy. Eat, eat, eat. Gotta have all the heat with the heels winning, with the exception of one. But not much to say. It was it was an above average mania. Would not really put it in the top ten. Do you like the two night format for WrestleMania? Uh as somebody who would be watching it from home, yes. If I was to attend, no. And I'll tell you why. This year was only twenty thousand. Well, let's just say if I was optimistic. Because you know me, I'm pessimistic. I think we're in lockdown forever. But let's just say by the summer or later this year, everything is pretty much yielded over. Well, Texas, for the most part, has been yielded over. So if you know next year's WrestleMania is supposed to be held at the AT&T Stadium, and the AT&T Stadium can hold upwards to up, uh, up to 100,000 people, that's debated depending on who you talk to. If you talk to you, Dave Meltzers, who believes that WWE inflates numbers or whatever. But I have left WrestleMania on several occasions when there's 60,000, 70,000, 80,000. Just in that one night alone, it's a bastard sometimes to get out. Now you want people to do that two nights straight? And on top of that, it's like, are you going to cheapen your price tickets or your ticket prices, should I say, when it comes to having two nights? Then it comes to the fact of do we split it to one night being Raw, one night being SmackDown, or do we just mix it up? For what we were going through with this pandemic, the two-night formula worked because each night was three hours or three and a half or whatever. But... I don't expect it to always be that way. And on top of that, it's like, there's no way you can do two nights, six, seven hours. It's not too much. I don't think next year it's going to be a two-night event. Especially if by that point, everything has pretty much simmered down and we're all back to the way we were before the pandemic. I think at this point, you may as well just say it's gotta be back to one night it's impossible to do a two-night event with a thing like this especially when it comes to fans having to leave not just fans but talent imagine talent trying to get out of there and then on top of that you've got like other events like let's just say for example access you want your fans to go to access the next day let's say you do a saturday wrestlemania if you're gonna hold an access sunday don't you want some of those fans that just went on saturday to go on sunday how are they going to do that if they're going to have a hard time getting home or going back to the hotel or what have you trying to get out of the event for Saturday? It's I just can't feasibly see it. Personally. Yeah, because let's just say if let's say if they would do two nights in a show like what, four hours, the most they go. And that's just the show beginning to end. That's not including getting to the arena. That's not including leaving the arena. So in that some cases that I might take an additional two hours and you tell me for two nights they're gonna try to pack that arena with a hundred thousand people you know how cards i gotta be to do that and i learned this from the wrestlemania two years ago in new jersey 
you're they have uber lines and uber sections but you, it's not even worth trying because it's going to be too packed and too overcrowded you're better off just getting a ride there via a friend who has a car or booking a hotel near the the venue because when me and my wife tried to get out of there via an Uber, it was damn near impossible. Now, that could have been because it was in Jersey, but I just know from experience that trying to get an Uber or a Lyft out of a wrestling event like that, you're asking for problems. Yeah, I, I hope they don't do this two-night thing in the future. And I'd rather just be one night, four hours. We want to do a pre-show, Battle Royal whatever do that and then that's really all you need look i don't even mind five if it's a five hour show including like okay if it's a five hour show fine i do believe that wrestlemania should be longer than the average pay-per-view i do firmly believe that i just can't take the seven to eight hours which includes pre-show that's way too much by the time Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte came on, which was supposed to be a historic match because it's the first ever WrestleMania main event involving women, it was a, literally a shit fest. And it had nothing to do with the women involved. They were basically given a shit deal right from the get-go by having to follow up a near six-and-a-half, seven-hour event and having their match literally start at midnight. Yeah. So... Seven hours is too much, and this all started at WrestleMania 32, because that was the first event where I really noticed they just went way too long, and it was just like, there's no reason for this. None. Yeah, it just these shows, they went way too long. By the time uh, the three-way with the girls happened at midnight, I was yawning, it was cold, I wanted to go home. Uh, I, I didn't dress too warmly, and that might be my fault, but I know a lot of people around me did, and they were still cold. Yeah, I was stupid enough to... Well, I wouldn't say stupid enough. Well, yeah, I was stupid enough. What am I saying? I was in my Owen Hart cosplay, which is a singlet. And <laughs> oh, on top of Yeah! But you got to remember this. Earlier in the day, it was warm. I do remember that day being warm because I was at a tailgate party. And the day yeah. was nice and warm to the point where I couldn't even wear my Owen 316 shirt. It was too warm. And it got cold. And then it rained. Now you want some uh, craptascular fucking bullshit being stuck in the rain for two hours when you got one guy saying, Why are you trying to take a train or an uh, Uber to your house? Why not just take a train to Secaucus? Just take the train to Secaucus. It's very simple. It's going to come right now. Oh, yeah, right now. I mean, with shipping and handling, yeah, maybe. After a couple days, maybe expedited. But it was two hours we didn't get on that train. <sighs> Sucked. I I was very fortunate. I've told this story to you. To have, I, I got a ride uh, from my friend's friend. He had a car. We uh, tagged along with him. And we got back to our motel. Uh, safely by what? A half hour after the show ended? Half hour, 45 minutes the most? Yeah, see, that was you. We got stuck in the rain, and what was happening was that the train would fill up, it would sit there for a bit, it would leave, and we wouldn't get another train for, like, another half hour. 
And the craziest part is, is that New Jersey Transit wasn't prepared for this. New Jersey Transit then blames Mania for ending too late. Keep in mind, I put no blame on this on WWE. This is not WWE's fault. This was totally New Jersey's fault. Because they bid for WrestleMania. They bid to have WrestleMania in their home, in their home state. So they had a year to prepare, knowing full well that there's going to be a bunch of people that are going to need to take the train or take a bus or what have you. And they had a year to look up the idea of how long WrestleMania is going to be. And the last couple of years, it's gone on for a quite a long time. So they knew full well it was going to end late, and they still were underprepared. On top of that, the Super Bowl happened not too long before that, and people who were there at the Super Bowl will tell you the same shit happened. Same shit. They couldn't get out because they were ill-prepared. You, it's not WWE's fault. It's New Jersey Transit just being fucking lazy. Plain and simple. Well, I, this was actually, I think, the last wrestling show I've ever attended at this, uh, yeah, before the whole pandemic. I don't think I've done a wrestling show since uh, Mania that year. Since Mania, yeah, 2019. Yeah, I haven't done one since after being mar- pretty much married to my wife. Uh, it's like, it's, it's not much wrestling I go to because her and I have other interests other than wrestling. Obviously, we're into gaming. We're into all that stuff. And most of our time is dedicated to that. Uh, and yeah, like you said, I was supposed to go to WrestleMania 36. Plans changed. I was thinking about going to 37. I balked on it. Do I regret not going? Not really. I mean, there's some things I missed out on, but I think it would have been better if it was a 60,000 event. I would have just gone just to meet with people. It's not even the event. I just wanted to meet with wrestling fans, especially in cosplay, because that's what I do. I go in cosplay. And yeah, I don't regret not going. And hopefully, I'll be able to go next year. Or if SummerSlam has fans, I'll probably go to that. Where's SummerSlam at? Uh, that's the thing. I don't know. I'm just saying if they oh, decide like... to have SummerSlam. Yeah, hopefully. So. Um, so, so you're saying that the pandemic is going to be... Is is slowly going away. Slowly. As in, like, baby steps. Well, only because my actual job business is starting to pick back up a lot of the uh customers that we had that had to close due to the pandemic have opened up everything has slowly opened up i've been pessimistic when it comes to lockdowns being lifted specifically in jersey mainly because i think politicians are just power hungry and they just love the power that they have and knowing that we are pretty much a slave to the state um I, I think COVID will go away. I don't think lockdowns will go away. Let me keep that in mind. So, I just have no faith in politicians giving our rights back. Let's put it like that. They're always going to move the goalposts. Um, uh, but, yeah, so overall, you recommend WrestleMania to someone like me? I would, I would recommend WrestleMania. There wasn't really much bad. Just, uh, I would say the the women's tag team turmoil was a bad match. Obviously, Mr. Fiend. Uh, oh boy, a brand new friend to me. Let's hold our hands before we eat. Yeah, that match was no good. Um, even Shane McMahon versus Flats was actually a pretty good match. Uh, but the best match was the triple threat, Roman, Edge, and Daniel Bryan. I would say watch that match. It's very good. Okay. 
And before we get to today's movie discussion, of course, I got to promote the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Just Chillin' Network for $1. $1. You get full access to this episode along with the other past episodes as well of Fractured Skulls. Follow us on Spotify. We're on Spotify. We usually have like a 15-minute or 10-minute preview. Go on there. Apple, Google Music, wherever. Wherever available. Anchor, of course. That's a big That's a big one. Wherever uh, podcasting uh, websites, we're most likely on there. You can uh, check us out. You can listen to our regular shows, uh, Chillin' Killin' Podcast. We have the Geekiest Nerds as well. You can listen to all that great stuff all under the Just Chillin' uh, Umbrella Network. If you donate $1, you get full access as well to another podcast. And that's us. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at uh, Just Chillin' Network alongside with Twitter at Just Chillin' Network. Uh, we got a Facebook like page. You can find us on there. This guy's got an Instagram, Owen underscore heart underscore guy. He's also on Twitter at Monoxide YouTube. I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter as well at Silent Poison. And I think I got all the plugs in. Woo! You're like a walking billboard at this point. Like, it, you remind me of Garth in Wayne's World when he was like wearing all the Reebok stuff. And he's like, it's like people just do stuff just to get paid. That's really sad. You know, we got to get some shirts made soon of the uh, Just Chilling Network, some merchandise. I agree wholeheartedly. It, it should be unique to each and one of us. Like one, uh, Mario has his own unique version. I have my own unique version. You, uh, Jimmy, uh, Ashley, etc., etc. But with that said, I guess we get to uh, today's film discussion. Uh, we were just talking about wrestling. I we were talking about CM Punk. Well, we all know 2014 CM Punk walked out of the WWE after the Royal Rumble. He, uh, you can listen to that entire podcast. It's on YouTube. Uh, he was on Art Wrestling Cabana. He vented all his frustrations there. And since wrestling, he's tried to do other things, one of them being MMA. He wasn't so good at that, unfortunately. But then he tried acting. And he filmed a movie uh, called Girl on the Third Floor, which got uh, released in 2019. It was made right in his hometown of Chicago. Uh, I've seen this movie when it was first put on Netflix. Uh, you haven't seen it until I mentioned that we were going to do an episode on it. So this was your first time viewing of this film. This was my second time viewing. And, um, well, we're both CM Punk fans. I've always enjoyed CM Punk's in-ring work, as you as well. Um, as his acting, it's different. Uh, well, I I'll let you talk about it first. What did you think of Phil Brooks' Girl on the Third Floor? First off... We're not supposed to call him Phil Brooks. He'll give us dirty looks if we call him Phil Brooks. Yo, Phil! I call him, Yo, Phil! And then he's just going to look at us sideways. Um, I was a fan of CM Punk when he was in WWE. Um, not in the beginning. I felt like his character was bland. Keep in mind, I didn't really watch his Ring of Honor work at the time. But once he started doing the Straight Edge Messiah gimmick... I thought the dude was awesome, and then uh, he did the, the infamous pipe bomb promo that is well revered as one of the greatest promos. I would agree. Uh, it's one of the top ten markout moments. When he left, I was like, okay, if everything he said is the 100% truth, he, he had every right to leave. I mean, why would you want to stay in a place that you're miserable at? Like he said, he tried MMA. He... 
didn't he claimed that he had the most fun ever when he fought uh what was it mickey gale and he got mm-hmm. clobbered in two minutes yeah i don't know what goes on in the man's brain but his face did not match that of somebody who had a lot of fun let's put it that way after that fight now going into movies I do recall him saying in that same podcast, that Cocabana podcast, he said he was offered to do a movie for the WWE by w- the WWE Studios. And he's like, oh, cool. Well, they're lame as fuck. And I <laughs> always kept that in the back of my mind as soon as you brought that movie up or this movie up. They're a girl on the third floor. Like, okay. He knows that WWE movies are lame as fuck. So did he ditch or not get to participate in a WWE movie that was lame as fuck to participate in this movie that is possibly lame as fuck? You know, this could have passed as a WWE Studios film. Uh, Yeah, I can't (laughs) lie. It could have. I wouldn't say... uh, Look, this was not a terrible movie. I start to find... A lot of supernatural movies, especially nowadays, to be very fucking hokey. This had a lot of hokey uh, nature to it, such as when the out the plug outlet would start leaking out body fluids. Okay, to me, like yeah, it was like semen. Like, <laughs> plug. You mean to tell me that WWE movies are lame as fuck, and you decided to participate in this? Um, before we watched it, we were told that Punk's acting wasn't so great. I didn't think he was horrible. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, well, I mean, real quick, we, we had a discussion with, um, Anthony versus Evil Dead about that we were going to do this film. I know he wasn't too fond of, of Punk's acting. I thought Punk did okay. He wasn't terrible. But... He was definitely far from horrible. Because at the end of the day, he was a pro wrestler, and... Pro wrestlers, when it comes to promos and and delving into a different character, it's sort of like acting in a way. Not totally, but there is some acting elements, especially if you're diving into a completely different character. Like if you're, let's say, uh, Bo Rotunda and you're going to become Bray Wyatt. So Punk would have some sort of experience there. That being said, let's see. I wanted to be the jerk and say that in this movie he plays a, a dude who drinks, and I'm like, no, you're killing the business. You're killing Kayfabe. He you're not plays, supposed to be human. He plays an ex-criminal who has a alcoholic past, or he has like past alcoholic issues. Right, and, and I believe he's and, also in real estate as well. Yeah, and and his crime was that he committed what was it, fraud? And almost faced prison time for 15 years due to his fraudulent activities. Yes. I'm paraphrasing, but that's virtually what it was. And so, and he cheated on his wife. So, he got his wife pregnant at some point, And they want to start a new life or try to start over, so they bought this house. Now... There is a girl who haunts this house, but you wouldn't know that she haunts it when you first see her. She doesn't look like a spirit. It's not revealed until later that she is a spirit. 
Well, I mean, committing uh, infidelity just seems to be the par for the course for Mr. Phil Brooks here, or whatever his name is in this movie. Don, I guess. Yeah. And <laughs> Yeah. Don being a Don right now. Uh, so he commits adultery again, or not adultery, infidelity once again. But now this woman who he committed uh, infidelity with is a spirit and is haunting him. And weird stuff starts to happen in his house, such as his dog gets murdered. But there's no uh, footage of the dog getting murdered. All we know is that the dog was found in a washing machine. It's like the first hour, not a whole lot is happening. It's just like Punk reacting to certain things that's going on in the house. And again, a lot of stuff just ends up really freaking hokey, for me at least. It, it, it comes to pass that eventually he, I guess, gets murdered by that spirit. There's a woman that's across the street who is part of the church that knows about that place and never really told anybody. And the wife of Punk goes into the house and some weird, too much weird crap happens. And that's it. That's third girl on the third floor. Pretty much it. I mean, other than the ending that I haven't said yet for obvious reasons, I want to save that. But that's all this movie is. Yeah, there's really not a lot to it. I mean, I'll give the film credit. It's well... Like, you don't hear any background noise. Like, whoever was in charge of the sound department, they did their job good. So, obviously, the director was surrounded by smart people behind the scenes. Responding, you know, for the noise, for the cinematography. And all that was fine. Especially, for you know, with the other films that we've seen, that's been an issue with us. But here, it was good. I think, in the end, it just really turned out to really, at least in my opinion, was a story. And how everything was supposed to, like, come together. And it really didn't. And everything was still kind of everywhere for me. I will give Punk credit. He's he has, I like his body his body language that he he's able to do sometimes when he steps on the marble. Motherfucker! <laughs> God damn it! Well, when he couldn't get the drill to work or like the drill was like out of batteries, he's like shit, motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, he flings his uh yeah the the drill around. He starts yelling at Cooper, his dog, constantly barking, getting pissed off at the girl, telling her to fuck off. Yeah. Uh, there was one point where he goes to a bar slash bowling alley and he reveals that he had bought that house to the guy that works there and the guy basically asked him if he was queer. Like, what? It was so out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even like... I, I would understand maybe if the person that inhabited the house was gay or something, but that's never revealed. So it's like, why did you ask him that? not like in like American Horror Story the first season where there was one point where that haunted house in season one it was inhabited by a gay couple this just was like a random comment to be even asking and then when he brings his friend Mel into the mix who helps him try to uh, get the place uh, spick and span all of a sudden the guy almost reaffirms his uh, thought that the dude is gay I don't know, or CM Punk's character, I should say. Oh my god. Just a lot of random, random comments made. Uh, Punk is a lead guy, yeah, he's fine. 
I can't really complain much about him. I didn't think. I think Steve Austin is a good lead guy in movies. He was good in The Condemned. Um, obviously, The Rock is a great lead guy. Although, has The Rock really been a part of a real quality film? And when I say quality, I mean like Godfather quality. <laughs> oh no, no, no! He's just in box office draws, not exactly like cinema quality. Yeah, he doesn't do any dramatic roles, and not like he needs to. He's making no. all that money. He's like the most bankable. You could argue The Rock's like the most bankable, biggest name in Hollywood. Yeah, but um, as far as CM Punk goes, I I'm not sure if he's going to be like The Rock when it comes to making movies. This is his only movie, right? Uh, he I know he's done two other films, but uh, one of those films, uh, AJ Lee's also in it. But oh, he plays, he's more like a supporting character. I haven't seen it. Uh, and he's doing, an, again, he's doing another film supposed to be coming out with this same director, uh, Travis Stevens, for this film. And he's supposed to play, like, another, like, a supporting character in that. So, this is almost like, it's almost like a side gig for him, you know, doing acting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is what he wants to do. More power to him. Do what makes you happy. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say I was happy watching this film. It wasn't miserable. Not by any stretch. Because it's not a horrible film, but just there is a lot of weirdness that comes with it. That's just like, and it's weirdness that it's not Evil Dead weirdness. It's supposed to be serious, I believe, but it just comes off so ridiculous that it's just like, really? Like, uh, Mel gets killed, and so his head is inside the wall. Now the wall has a heart beating throughout the whole thing. Like, come on. This is this is ridiculously hokey. Honestly, if they were going to make it that hokey, they should have went the Evil Dead 2 route. I mean, honestly, CM Punk I would have been the right guy for that part. I think you could have gotten some fun uh -huh. stuff. It, but is Punk a funny guy? He's quick-witted, yes, but he does he strike you as somebody that would want to star into something that's that ridiculous? Because I can't see it. I first of all, I think when it comes to acting, Punk's gonna take whatever role they throw at him. I I think he's willing to do a movie like that. Sure. Will he be Bruce Campbell quality? Is what you're asking? I don't know. I don't think so. But I would definitely give it a try. Give it a run. I still think he could put on a fun performance. I, and you know, and, and as you mentioned, as long as Phil Brooks is having fun, I, I think you could get a, a have a fun movie out of it. But this could have been the right movie had it been more had it had it added more like uh, slapstick Three Stooges humor to it. But but again, I just I just try to take itself too serious. That's what I'm saying. Like I can't see Punk doing slapstick. I just personally can't. He never struck me as somebody. That is slapstick. He always, in some ways, took himself very seriously. That's why I'm wondering, would he be able to do a Evil Dead type, or even a, a Woodchipper Massacre type of movie? <laughs> just doesn't strike me as that type of guy. He just strikes me as a guy that, uh, I'm the best in the world. I'm the, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't know if he really thinks that, but 
He just strikes me as somebody like a Bret Hart. He's very serious about his, his quality that he can put into what he does. Well, maybe his wrestling, yes. Uh, as for acting, that's a completely different field. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't really strike me, that kind of guy who, who sees himself as like the next, I don't know, Al Pacino or something. I, I don't mean Al Pacino. What I'm trying to say is that don't think he's going to try and be the next Jim Carrey. Oh, no. He's, he doesn't have that type of physical body humor to pull that off. He, he doesn't have that type of humor, period. It's like, yeah. during his wrestling days, I don't recall him ever doing anything. I mean, he had quick-witted comments such as, like, uh, that one time when Cena knocked the table over and he's like, you spilled my diet soda. Like, I could see him saying stupid shit like that. But, like, going so over-the-top hokiness, I don't see Punk doing in the near future. I, I could be proven wrong. I just never saw that in him. I've been proven wrong on several occasions. I thought Heath Ledger was the worst choice to have as the Joker. That motherfucker proved me wrong tenfold. I think with Punk, he can't pull off Jim Carrey the mask type humor. Where, like, that type of humor will heavily rely on you and your physical body movement to pull that character off. But I think if he's in a situation like Evil Dead where his, like, everything around him is happening, going crazy, and he just kind of, like, like, needs to pull, like, a goofy smile and, like, just go along with it, I think it could work. I think he has better chance of doing that than, let's say, like a mask. Maybe. Would he do it? Yeah, he, I, he'd do it. He'll give it his best. But will it will it work in the end? I don't know. I I think it, I I would try to take that risk with at least with a movie like this. It's, you know, it, I thought I think doing that would be better than what we got here in the end. Yeah. So maybe we should talk about how this movie ends because. Yeah. Throughout the whole movie, the, the the girl that keeps coming into the house, the the spirit, the one that he slept with, and then come to realize that she actually is a ghost in the house. You never really know who she is. Like you just know her name, Sarah. And you start to um, wonder where the hell did she come from. They kind of explain it at the end that there's been a bunch of murders in that house or people have gone missing. So kind of lo ties that loose end. So the wife comes in and is seeing like weird stuff going on in the house. Most of the spirits, she even, I guess he's the spirit of her husband, Don. Well, she finds a body in the house and I guess she buries it or cremates it to let it rest. And six months later, she finally has the baby that she was pregnant with. Don, I guess as a spirit who's above in the uh, in the little uh, like air vent. Air vent, thank you. He's dropping marbles to his baby and is basically saying, that's my little girl, with an evil smile and then just goes away. And that's it. It's like, um, okay. That was that. As Thank soon as that movie ended, I was like, okay, that happened. Yeah, it's, so I'm assuming they never found Punk's body. So, his, it's, again, it's like American Horror Story. It's like their spirit, their body is somewhere in the, around that, on that house or around that property. 
where their body's still there, but their spirit is like stuck on that property, I guess, till they get discovered. And then maybe that may have been influenced behind this movie. Was the first season American Horror Story? You got me, man. Like they, there were good things about the film. There were real hokey things about the film. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was, it was a complete thumbs in the middle. I thought everybody did the rules fine, but this. I, I just find some of the stuff like what they were doing in here too outrageously ridiculous for me to get too scared from. And and that could be due to the fact that I'm older or I've seen so many horror films in my day. I, I, I can't pinpoint why I would find something like this ridiculous or just over the top. But it's like... It, it, it was almost like reading a creepy pasta that was trying to be like some of the classic creepy pastas in the past, and it just didn't hit any of those notes. You're just like, really, really, this this again? There's actually a book by Edward Lee. Um, I forget the name of it. I think it's called The Writer or something. It's a book where throughout the majority of the book, it is so good and it's so. Uh, interesting to, to say the least but as soon as you actually get to the end where you it's revealed who the, the killer is and it's causing all these dead bodies you're like wow that fell off a cliff real fast and it was pretty bad it's kind of like that's kind of how I felt with this film like once Punk's body was I guess killed for me the rest of it just got really ridiculous I was just going to say that. Once they killed off Punk, I kind of felt the film went downhill for me. Yes. Because I remember, because cause cause this is only like a 90 minute movie, and Punk got killed off like about an hour in, or a little over an hour. And so his wife finally comes to the house, and then that's when all the weird shit starts happening again. And then she's taken to like, she goes to like to the room upstairs, and, the, and, it's, and it's like taken to her to the past almost. Yeah. To the and, days, 1800s. Yeah, it's like the 1800s where, like, they were almost like they were like watching people, like watching uh, almost like a uh, a fetish whipping scenario happening. And and that's why I was a little confused. Uh, so was this like what was happening here? I, I felt like that they didn't give us enough substance. Was this like a whorehouse at one point, and they maybe murdered and raped all these girls and killed them? And maybe even bury the bodies in the walls, which is why when Punk, like, there's a scene where he's, like, ripping the walls apart and he finds, like, a, a beating heart. It's And it's just, like, all this blood. I mean, at least that would have, I don't know, made some sense, maybe. And, yeah. like, and the body parts he's finding are all the body parts of all these different people. Was this, like, a slave house at one point? I mean, it would be possible since it's in Chicago. But maybe at one point a lot of black people, maybe, like, the, what, the police force could kill a lot of black people in this house. I don't know something yeah no that, who were these people that were watching like are they spirits and if they are spirits were they spirits that died in this building as well like what was this yeah and why did the wife end up staying in the house anyway at the end of the movie and she saw all this weird shit happening why didn't the woman across the street warn her or even punk about the, all the crazy shit that's happening in this house she said something along the lines of, uh, she said something. It had something to do with the fact that you, you had to know for yourself what was going on. Some ridiculous nature. I'm like, really? Makes sense. Like, literally, Punk died. Punk's character died. 
There's people dying. Whoever gets this house, I mean, and she knew about it, and she just lets this happen. I think Punk owes WWE a big apology when it comes to the movies being lame as fuck. Yeah, because giving this a second viewing, I did. I disliked it more than the first time. I didn't hate it, but like, I still couldn't make sense of what was happening. Yeah, it it, it, it wasn't the worst movie I've seen. Is it that there were some explanations given? I, I, I prefer at least some explanation than none at all. Like, I'm sorry, I can't take a movie seriously when you have something like, let's say, A Haunted House, for example, and there's no background rhyme or reason as to why it's haunted. At, at least if you watch a movie like Amityville Horror, it gives you that substance of this boy killed his family because he heard voices coming from the house and he killed people and now the house is fucking crazy to the point where it, it to literally mentally torments this family while they're living inside i just can't there's only certain areas in in life that i can accept when there's no explanation such as like what michael myers there's no explanation as to why he's the killer or why he's a he's a killer because the focal point wasn't so that you uh, want to know more about Michael Myers. The focal point was knowing who Jamie Lloyd was and knowing that this person became a killer as a child. So you know that they're ruthless and they're hunting this girl. It's crazy. And they're, they're inhabiting the Michael house. So, or at least they visited the Michael house. So there's some explanation, but it doesn't have to give you everything. But like this... There's movies sometimes that give you absolutely no explanation whatsoever, and you're just supposed to deduce in your head what the fuck is going on. As you mentioned with the girl, why is she like the only spirit that's like communicating with Punk? And as we mentioned, when the wife later, when we saw all those other people in the house, where the hell were those spirits? Are those spirits also locked in the house? Why didn't they communicate with Punk or have any scenes with him? I mean, at least with American Horror Story with the first season, there was multiple spirits in the house communicating with the family. It wasn't just like the maid girl. I don't know. They were trying to go with that church woman across the street. I don't know. I guess she's. I guess she was supposed to be like the Jessica Lange of this movie. Yeah, but at least Jessica Lange had a lot of depth to her character, although it was a little bit insane. Say at least. And she, at least, her character had history with the house too. With the church lady, she really didn't have any history with the house besides knowing what happened in the house. But did she live in the house at one point? Did she lose someone? Like what? Like what's happening there? And, and how did it gain the ability to have a beating heart as part of its uh, interior? Like, yeah, that was never explained. Where did that come from? Did Sarah like get buried in the walls? Is her like body buried in the walls? I don't know. It was just a beating heart. You got semen coming out of the plugs and in the shower. Black black uh, goo spills all over Punk. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's Sewage. That that actually happened in real life. You're talking about when he was trying to fix the pipe and the, the pipe exploded in his face and he got black shit all over? Yeah, yeah, he's trying to fix the kitchen sink pipe, yeah. Yeah, that tends to happen. Black substance hits you in the face. I've, I've seen that in other movies. Uh, that, that happened in Home Alone 3, in fact, when the pipe broke and the one dude in the basement had all the black shit coming all over his head. Yes, yeah, that was literally black shit, yes. 
I wonder if he really smelled like black shit. Well, this movie smells like black shit when in the ro when the end credits rolled. Oh my god, pure shit. I, I wouldn't say this movie was pure shit. It wasn't the worst movie I'd ever seen. You know, and I hope CM Punk doesn't stop acting because I think there's potential there. Uh, yes, but I hope he gets a little bit more picky with what movies he does from now on. Yeah, I think so too. I don't know if he's gonna, if it'll ever come out that point. It really depends how serious he's gonna take acting, which I, I don't him see him taking it too serious, especially with the pandemic. So I mean, even less roles are gonna swing by him. I mean, I mean, he has a pretty good relationship with this Travis Stevens guy, the director. He also wrote this movie, so I mean, he does he gets some blame too for why it turned out the way it did. Can he develop a relationship with, like, Christopher Nolan or somebody? Somebody oh. <laughs> who's good stories? Like, come on. If, you, if you're going to be friends with the director who's going to put you in movies, get, be friends with a director that knows how to direct, okay? Or find a writer that knows how to write. Look, Mono, you you got to start somewhere. This, this, this is punk start. I mean, I don't know I would have put him in a leading role like this. I mean, I definitely put him in a supporting role, but... Again, as we mentioned, I thought he did fine what he was given. I mean, what? I mean, what? What else can anyone else do with the, with the lines, with the character they were given with this film? They could try to put on a better performance. Uh, here's one thing they could do: not accept the role. That too. <laughs> uh, there you go. There, there's your answer. Um, I'm just busting balls. If this is what you want to do, then have at it. Don't let my criticism of your movie. Get in the way of fun. No, I want them to keep. I want to keep acting. Yeah, he's the, the acting wasn't bad. It was just I thought the movie really was a lot to be desired, personally. Yeah, no, his acting yeah it wasn't perfect, but again, my main issues with this is the overall movie itself, not him. Overall, with this movie, eh, a thumbs in the middle to almost like a thumbs down. I don't, I I wouldn't recommend it honestly. I mean, unless you're a die-hard CM Punk fan and you really want to see him, then you know what? Go ahead. If you got 90 minutes to kill, it's on Netflix. Check it out. Otherwise, even for a regular horror moviegoer, I would say skip it. Unfortunately, I don't. I don't see any average horror fan liking this film. I mean, as we mentioned, this is a this is a type of film I see in WWE Studios. Even like a Shutter film, I could see this being, but. That's really all I could say about it. I mean, not a lot of it makes sense. I mean, it's great to see CM Punk again on on my screen in some capacity. Yeah, not getting beat up by MMA fighters. That's always a good thing. Um, Just getting beat up by marbles. Uh, yeah, marbles and some random ghost in a building. Um, what was the connection with the marbles? One of the... There was one spirit where the woman's face, the girl's face was disfigured, and she yes. played with marbles, but I don't know if they ever explained how her face got disfigured. <laughs> yeah, they never explained that. Like, okay. That was, that was supposed to be a different spirit, right, and not Sarah. I guess? You gotta remember, there's not a whole lot here that this film gives you as far as explanations. It gives you the bare minimum. It's a haunted house. It's boo, haunted house. Here you go. Like, I, I, I don't know what more to say. It's 
a movie that stars CM Punk. He's fine. The script ain't fine. Some of the shit ain't fine. And it's not, like I said, not the worst thing you're ever going to see. But if you're expecting Evil Dead, if you're expecting The Exorcist, then you better take those expectations a little bit downwards. Or don't expect them at all. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and I think that's going to do it here for uh, this episode. Uh, Girl on the Third Floor, available on Netflix right now if you want to check it out. I say you shouldn't, but you know, as I mentioned, if you really love punk, go for it. Why not? You might, you might find, you might get a kick out of it. I really didn't. Unfortunately, Monoxide did it as well. But we are still fans of CM Punk. We still love you, and we still hope for uh, for for your happiness, whether it be acting, MMA, or whatever he does. Just keep doing it. Do what makes you happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Try to be a little more picky with your roles. Uh, That's exactly what I said. Be a Rick Moranis. Be selective with your roles. Or, or better yet, since you're a wrestler, a former wrestler, do what The Rock said. Know your role. But most importantly, no, no, don't shut your mouth. He did shut his mouth for years, and then that's how we got the pipe bomb. (laughs) Fair enough. You know, I think he should try to try to get locked onto a TV show. It would definitely like if he has like a recurrent character on the show. It would definitely improve his acting. I think I think it's one of the things you just gotta keep doing it and learn it and be better at it. Maybe he can replace Juicy Smoothie in Empire. Maybe I mean Edge Edge did acting with oh what's that show Safe Haven on Sci-Fi. He he had a character on that show. He was on that show full time while he was retired from wrestling. Okay, I've I've never seen any of Edge's uh, work as an actress, so I would have to check that out then. Oh, we should do Money Plane. <laughs> um, that that was uh, Edge's starring uh, Money Heist film. Is it a horror flick though? No, it's supposed to be like Ocean's Eleven. Oh God! <laughs> oh, we gotta do that. We gotta do Money Plane. <laughs> yes. You, you, you sure there's not a wood chipper massacre two that we can watch? <laughs> Kelsey Grammer's in it. Okay, the, the same Kelsey Grammer that did uh, Sideshow Bob, Frazier's Kelsey Grammer. Frazier's Kelsey Grammer. Oh God. Money okay. point. Yes. Yes. We'll, find, we'll 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 knock that out sometime in the future. Oh, joy. I can't wait. From Monoxide, I am Terminator Travis. That's going to do it here for episode 34. Till next time. Peace.